English Across the Pond. Hello, hello, everybody out there in internet land. This is English Across the Pond, the place to be for all of your English language needs. It's Friday. How are you? We hope that you've had a great week. We hope that you're doing well. I say we because there are two people on this podcast. I, unsurprisingly, am one of them. And my name is Dan. I'm from England. Hi. Hi. I'm the other one. I'm Jennifer. I'm from the US. How are you? We are both English teachers, we've been English teachers for longer than we would like to remember. A long time. And a few years ago, we thought, hey, let's do a podcast together. Let's bring British English and American English together and make a podcast across the ocean, across the pond. And here we are, four years later, episode 204. If you'd like more English from us, if English is important, if you've got an exam coming up, if it's for your career, if you just want to be good at English, we have membership, a free PDF every week, so many things involved in our membership. It will take too long to explain now, but go to englishacrossthepond.com, that's our name, englishacrossthepond.com slash gold, G-O-L-D, gold, and you can sign up and get a free sample there, and then you can see everything that we do from the free sample. I'd like to chat more about membership, but we've got an episode to do. We've got a podcast to record. How's life, Jennifer? Hey, life is pretty good, all things considered. We've been on lockdown for a little while now, Dan. (sighs) Yeah, we have. I'm all right, though. I don't mind it too much. What about you? Uh, there's ups, there's downs. Overall, I would say it's been pretty good. Mm. A lot of family time. Uh, I'm grateful to have work that I have always done from home, so that hasn't changed too much. Mm. We're just getting some extra family time. My husband's home, you know. Um, so overall, I would say pretty good. However, sometimes there are more challenging days than others, but yeah. like, that's just life. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm very lucky Like nobody in my immediate family has been ill or sick. It's not really affected us. Or it hasn't affected our health. So, you know, um, there, things could be much worse. Exactly. And agreed. We are talking about warnings today. And what I'd like to know is, when you have a normal day... What kind of I think we don't really see them. We just take them for granted. But what kind of warnings do you see in a normal day? What are the warnings like in America? Well, a lot. There's, you know, relevant to the time right now, there are a lot of warnings for COVID-19. Mm. Mm. So um, parks and beaches, oh, yeah. as, of, as of today, the time of recording which is a Friday, um, it is open. Some of them are open. But along the, you know, every opening, everywhere you would enter this area, there are big signs that say, warning, protect yourself, keep six feet distance on the beach. There's no stopping 
no sitting, keep walking, keep moving, keep distance, you know. Yeah, yeah. Recommended to wear masks, things like that. And yeah, I think as well, I, I would guess maybe in my house here, I think there are warnings on things, you know, like probably on the shampoo, probably on mm. the on the kettle, probably on food in the fridge. But we, do, like I say, we don't see them, do we? Or I don't see them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, the hairdryer, basically anything with an electrical outlet or a plug will always come with that sticker by the end that has like a picture of a baby, you know, don't don't touch a socket or don't let babies do it. Um, most food cleaning products have those yeah. warnings on them. Yeah. Oh, right in front of me, I have a lighter for my incense. Warning, keep away from children. Mm. You know, that's a common one. On the street, street signs. Yes. Yeah. Street signs are a warning. Which leads me to my next question. Do you do you think that our governments, I mean, we have different governments, of course, it won't be the same in your country as it is in my country. But do you think our governments try to warn us to, I mean, leave me alone, just tell me it's whatever, what, what speed, what's the fastest speed you can go on the freeway in the US? Um... 65 is some of them some of them can be up to 75 and tell me once per hour of course yeah mph tell me once you don't have to tell me every sort of like mile we have lots we have too many signs in this country oh you have too many signs when it comes to driving when it comes to everything really we're a very 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 safe country a nanny state to a certain degree and um i was lucky enough to spend time in other countries where it was kind of if you're stupid enough to if you're stupid enough to fall down that hole then fall down that hole whereas here it's cordoned off there's tape there's flashing lights you get an email about it and it's i don't know it can it can be annoying i think having too much too many warnings what do you think Uh, It can be annoying. That's what you said, right? Yeah. I think it can absolutely be annoying. And I think, you know, a lot of that's going on right now, right? There's a lot of polarization and divide of too much warning, too much restriction, not enough. Yeah. You know, we're so there's both sides of the of the coin or people are on both sides of the fence with that. So, um, it's really tough because, of course, you want to be safe and you want to trust that anyone giving you a warning is doing that with your best interest at heart. Yeah. Um, but sometimes people can just feel stifled, like they're not able to be and do what they want, especially when those people think they live in a careful or a safe or respectful way. I think that's when it I think that's when there's a problem, when people feel like fundamental rights are taken away. Yeah. So they feel injustice and then they get angry. They do. They get very cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's very difficult with the current climate because, you know, we can't stay locked down forever and ever. But if we, lock, if we become unlocked too soon, then, you know, it's a real catch-22. It's a real difficult situation. But... What about you, my friend? Do you think we should take a risk and just unlock? Or do you think it's better to stay indoors for as long as possible and keep people safe? Freedom! Mm. <laughs> Arms up in the air. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
It's it's tough. I don't know. There's so many contributing factors to this. I've had three, uh, a toddler. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what it's like to tell a toddler to stay inside of an apartment? Oh, uh, yeah. In a small space, you know? Fresh air. We need fresh air. I was actually doing a lot of research, and I was com- I was um comparing to, like, the Spanish flu yeah. pandemic we yeah. had. And one of the... One of the treatments, I forgot which state it was in. I think it was a state that started with an M, like Missouri or something. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. But one of the um, flu treatment centers was outside, and it was called, like, fresh air treatment. Oh, yeah. And so these people with the span with the flu, you know, were treated. Like, there's just pictures of all of these people lying in their hospital beds, but outside of yeah. a tent. And there's a bunch of tents outside. And it was, like, fresh air and sunshine had research backed evidence that said those people, you know, got quicker, like got better faster or they weren't as severely affected. So there's something to say about like fresh air, fresh oxygen that we need. That's really hard to get if we're inside our doors all day, if we're wearing masks on our face every time we're out. Mm. So in true fashion of this episode, I think it's, you know, Take warnings, but then use caution with them. Yeah, yeah. If I'm if I'm, if I'm on a, a field and there's no one around me and I can't see anybody, I personally this could be a polemic statement, but I personally think that I do not need to wear a mask. I think in that situation, me getting fresh air, sunshine is better to keep my immune system healthy, to then stay healthy than to be breathing in my own CO2. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, boom. <laughs> you know, like I said, <laughs> could Don't... be co- controversial. Good to see you're not sitting on the fence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and... one of my... I, I, I'm going to be speaking more of my truth, I have decided. No, that's good. Uh, I do. I do. As I get older, I, uh, I was saying to somebody... Um, I was saying to a friend just the other day that if I explain to somebody how they how I feel and I feel that it's not extreme the way I'm feeling or my opinion, if these people really, really disagree with me, then we're probably not going to be friends. So it's a good thing for me to get that opinion out so we can find out if we're going to be friends or not because there's no point bending over backwards and trying to please everybody all the time. Well, yeah, or walking on eggshells because you yeah. don't want to offend somebody. Love it. And, and especially if your extreme thought comes from a, a good-hearted place. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, going back to the fresh air, uh, I think it's the 17th century, um, the 1600s, doctors in the UK start to um, produce research and books about the virtues of spending time at the seaside because of course you have that constant breeze and that constant fresh air and this starts to bring about tourism and the idea of going to the sea and to the beach to relax for the first time and this comes from convalescence you know after you've been sick the idea is that you go to the seaside to breathe the air in so many victorians when they were sick would spend their um convalescence at the seaside and um it's it's why old people often live by the sea i'm thinking of florida you know retiring to the sea and the sun there must be something in it gotta gotta be 
Yeah. So, um, in yo, you go. I was just going to ask, you know, when it comes to warnings, are you giving warnings? Is there any anywhere in your life that you're warning people? You know, do you need to warn someone to do anything, or are you advising anyone to do anything, or yeah, what's your place of giving warnings? Yeah, I uh, of course, my lovely twelve-year-old daughter, I give her advice, which are occasionally kind of warnings, I think, but they're they're not sort of danger. Danger, you're next to the cliff. You know, not those kind of warnings. Mm. But, you know, if you do this, this might happen. I do those. <laughs> yeah, you have to do those. Um, dangerous, dangerous scissors. <laughs> I've, I'm past that stage. Uh, uh, but I also warn my students that if they don't work hard, they're not going to get anywhere. So how do you think you would, like, phrase that warning? How do you say that? Well, increasingly, I just tell them the cold, hard truth. Um, I say that um, we can at times enjoy ourselves learning English. I would imagine everybody who's listening, everybody who is a learner of English who is listening, either prefers writing, kind of writing things, quieter things, or speaking. We tend to fall into one of those two categories. People very rarely have an even set of skills. Usually people are either better at speaking or they're better at writing. Not both, not evenly. And I say to them, English can be fun because you like writing and you enjoy that. But you find speaking very difficult and it isn't going to be fun. I'll tell you now, I'm warning you now, you're not going to enjoy it. And they say, I don't speak in my own language. (laughs) I certainly don't want to speak in your language. And I say, well, if you want to pass the exam, I'm very sorry. But unfortunately, that is part of the exam. So you're going to have to do it. I'm warning you, you're not going to like it. But I'm also warning you, if you don't do it, you ain't never going to get what you want. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah, there well, you go. And you're spending like probably 20 hours of your day warning your son not to either kill himself or someone else or something else. Exactly. Uh, No, we can't put the fork into the electrical outlet. Ouch. Mm. No, we can't jump around with scissors. He's so independent and he likes to help us um, cook. And so like, you know, in the beginning we would like boil I pre-boil carrots or like give him something really soft and then he could use a butter knife to cook. Yeah. That kid's so dang smart. Mm. He realized that like I was giving him the sissy knife and he's like, I want the sharp knife. I want the big knife. Wow. <laughs> and he's like not satisfied until we give him a sharper knife. And so no, uh, uh, you got to you, watch your fingers. No, no, oh, no, no, no. Horrible, look at your it? fingers. Don't yeah. look at, I'm watching you. Don't look at me to make sure I'm watching you. I'm watching you. Yeah, yeah. Watch what you're doing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Trying. Yeah. It's, it's good. Good, good. And what about like, is there anything you can think back in your life where you, as you, you know, um, got to the place you are today, anyone has ever given you a warning about like, you shouldn't do this or you should do that? Or can you think of any occasions where you were warned? Yeah. <laughs> Good. I can. Um, trying to think of one that I would like to share publicly <laughs> on air. Yeah, one of them is one is of that. them is a little too personal. Everyone, I am most of the time an open book. Right. However, I was kind of like caught off guard there. Like, oh, I do have one, but I don't want to say it. Yeah, yeah, sure. That yeah, yeah. one. No. Um, mm, 
I don't know. You know what? But what warning? A warning I wish I had gotten. Can I can I yeah, say yeah, that one? Yeah. Is I am going to urge my child to wait if he wants to, to go to school, like to college. Mm-hmm. Because I think I, I fell into the, the cycle of like uh, school, high school, SATs, exams, study, choose your, your major, you know, your degree choice, go to college, graduate from college, get yeah. a job. Yeah. We've, we've kind of had this discussion maybe in our school episode or whatever. And yeah, I don't know. You know, it, oddly enough, I have whoop, come full circle and I'm, I'm working with my college degree now, mm. um, more so now, you know, it's psychology, but at one point it was like, I, I realized other things that I really had liked. And so if somebody would have advised me to think a little bit more or to, travel a little bit you know i don't know the europeans have a gap year right yeah such a such a cool thing i i realized that somebody who is 17 or 18 could take a gap year and not really be thinking about their future as they're doing it mm-hmm. but i think some people it can be really beneficial so yeah, yeah. that is the advice i'm going to give my child and that i wish i would have gotten nice good advice what about you anything that comes to you um yeah own, um I remember those skateboarding kind of started. Um, it came over from America in sort of like I think the late seventies. The sort of I think um, polyurethane wheels revolutionised the skateboard in the late seventies. And um, suddenly, when they hit a little bump in the road, they didn't stop dead the skateboards anymore. They kind of rode over them. So near where I lived in Ashby de la Zouche. There's a place. That's the one. There's a hill called Windmill Hill for obvious reasons. And they were building houses all over it. So they built on the hill the huge roads, but hadn't built the houses. So there was, it was like a skateboard park. And Hmm. I kept coming off my skateboard. I was really battered and bruised. And my parents warned me, you should wear knee pads and elbow pads. And I just thought, pfft. No chance. And then I really, really like smashed my knee up. And they warned me, if you go again, there's going to be serious problems. And I went on my bicycle to the skateboard area and amazingly didn't skateboard. And then on the way home, I fell off my bike and really smashed my other knee up. And I was really, really petrified that my parents were going to that not believe me that I hadn't done it skateboarding. But I think, one, my knee was pretty badly smashed up. And two, I was so distressed that they did believe me. Do you know what I mean? I was so hysterical that I didn't do it. I didn't do this from skate. And I think they were like, all right, calm down. (laughs) We got you. We got you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I remember being like, but, you know, don't climb trees. And, you know, those kind of boys and and being kids and stuff. They're the only ones I think of. I'm sure I had people giving me kind of like life lessons and things. But I think maybe sometimes we think, we maybe could say to our parents or parents or whatever, why didn't you tell me about this? And they say, I did. Like every day. Oh, yeah. Every day for like nine years. And you never listened. You know, maybe. I'm not saying that's always true. But we do only hear what we want to hear. Do you know what I mean? I'm really trying to instill 
you know, instead of me just barking at my son, like, don't do that, or be careful, or blah, 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 you know, where he's just mm-hmm. going to hear, no, don't, stop, no, you can't, right? And if he just starts to learn that, like, he will start maybe tuning me out or something, but I'm really trying to instill in him now, like, okay, my job is to keep you safe. That's my number one job, okay? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to keep you safe right now. So I'm not telling you no or stop because I don't want you to, but I'm trying to keep you safe. And look at that car. Do you see that car, that car? So I, I'm really trying to do that. Whether it's working, I don't know. Is it going to make a difference? I don't know. But that's what I'm trying to do right now. And, you know, when we do episode 475, <laughs> yeah. um, I will let you guys know how that's working out. Yeah, when you'll be like, this has to be a shorter episode today because I'm visiting my son in the local penitentiary. Hey! <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, yeah, so um, what about um, any warnings for our listeners? Any adv- Well, it's kind of more like advice, isn't it, rather than a warning? Well, a warning. We warn you. No. Um... Yeah, like advice. We urge. Urge is a good one. Yeah. Urge is like stronger than. It is. Yeah. So yeah. we urge you to keep going. Yeah. We urge you to not give up. It can feel frustrating. It can feel like maybe you don't have progress or it can feel really hard to learn a language and to, to improve. But it takes time. Have patience. Focus on your accomplishments. And yeah. And the warning there is what we can guarantee is that if you do give up, I was talking about this the other day as well, learning English, I think, go with this, okay, just go with me on this. Um, We say, oh, it's like riding a bike, you know, and I don't think that learning English and learning how to ride a bike are the same things. We can always jump back on a bike and after a few seconds of shaking around and wobbling around for a little bit, I think our muscle memory kicks in and it's a it's a muscle thing. And although the brain is a muscle, it's more complicated than that. I think that our brains, we do start to forget. I'm sure if there's some older listeners who learnt a language at school, maybe you learnt Russian at school or Japanese at school, and you think, I think I was quite good. But I got, you know, it really does go, honestly. I've seen it happen. I've seen people climb the English mountain and then slide all the way back down to the bottom again. And, you know, that's the risk that we run. If you don't listen to our warnings, dear listeners. <laughs> mm-hmm. True, You're though. It's going to go down. Just true. kidding. It's true, though. Well, we it? hope, yeah, it is. But we hope that you, you know, can take this and yeah. do your best. And keep fighting the fight. Yeah. Lovely. Lovely. Great chatting. Yeah. Language I'm, focus is coming up. It is. I'm going to go off and... Shout in the streets, danger, danger, for no reason, just to freak everyone out. Oh, this time, be <laughs> careful. This time, uh, whew, okay. Yeah, good luck with that. Alrighty. Lovely chatting. Lovely chatting. Have a good one, everybody. We'll see you next Thank time. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Wow. I've just listened to this great chat between an American and a British guy. Really interesting. You should check it out. <laughs> I'm joking. It's me, it's Dan. This is the Language Focus, and we are looking at verbs that are followed by a pronoun and then an infinitive. We're often looking for patterns in English, rules in English when we're learning the language. 
But unfortunately, because English grew, evolved over the over thousands of years, there aren't really any set patterns because it wasn't planned. Drink, drank, drunk. Sink, sank, sunk. Think, oh. It can be frustrating, but there are little traces of patterns. And what I'm about to tell you is a pattern. Are there exceptions? Yes. Is this 100% true all of the time? No. But half a map is better than no map, right? So the pattern, again, is a verb plus a pronoun plus an infinitive. And the perfect example is to tell. Remember, we say something to somebody, but we tell somebody something. I told her to be quiet. And this is a set pattern, a fixed pattern. So nearly all of the time, when we're considering telling people things, it's tell, pronoun, and then infinitive. Five examples for you here. Ten altogether in the study plan for members. Let's do this. Number one, cause. Cause. Cause means to make you do something, to make something happen. This causes that. She talked to me for so long, she calls me to miss my train. Number two, convince. Convince. I wasn't really sure uh, about the job, but she convinced me to send off my application, and here I am, a millionaire. Three, enable. Enable. Now I have a car, now that I've passed my driving test, uh, this enables me to get to work much quicker. I don't need to catch the train anymore. Force. Force. The escaped prisoner was running down the street, but the police caught him and forced him to lie on the ground. Five, higher. Higher. My garden, honestly, it is a real mess and I'm going to have to hire somebody to uh, make it look a bit better. It looks awful. Okay, that's five examples, five more in the study plan, and there's also a link in the study plan, dear members, um, to a web page with lots more of examples and more of an explanation. <gasps> Bye.